Welcome to Ariana Answers. I'm Dr. Ariana Brandolini, a clinical psychologist who lives in New York City. Every week, I answer a life question submitted by a listener like you. In the second season of my podcast, I want to unpack anxiety around situations in life we find ourselves in. Each episode will have two parts. One where I break down the situational anxiety we experience, and the other where I have an expert in the field give us some advice. Would you like your question answered? Head over to the description of this video to submit. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Imagine if she stayed in those practices of thought that she was a failure, the biggest failure she knew. We wouldn't have what she's created today. Dear Dr. Ariana, my brother recently moved to another continent to pursue his dream of being an entomologist. Yes, he's weird. I'm very happy for him, but even though you couldn't pay me enough money to study bugs for a living, which is what an entomologist does, I'm also really jealous of his ability to take a risk and go pursue his dreams, even if he's not sure where he'll land. It's hard for me to take risks really hard. I won't start something because I fear I won't be able to do it well, or it'll fall through, or I won't be able to live up to the commitment. I feel so frustrated because when I can actually take a step forward, I freeze and put things off. And a lot of the time, I don't know what I should be dedicating my time to because I'm afraid of pursuing something that won't work out. How can I become more like my brother? Sans the bug obsession. So one of the first things that I talk about with my patients, because I believe it's absolutely foundational to healthy living, is our thought life. And cognitive behavioral therapy would agree with me, which is the type of therapy that I do with my patients. And cognitive behavioral therapy came about mid to last century because they actually wanted to see and study actionable progress in people's symptoms, in people feeling like they were achieving the goals in their life. And there's lots of therapies out there that are amazing and successful, but this is why I resonate a lot with this concept. Because CBT is a treatment approach where you recognize negative and unhelpful thought patterns. That's one of the foundational pieces of it. And again, research shows that it really works and it really helps. CBT aims to help you identify and explore the way your emotions and thoughts affect your actions. Once you notice these patterns, you can start learning ways to reframe your thoughts in a way that's more helpful that will actually shift your behavior to help you act like you want to act in the world. As I say to so many people, actually everybody I work with and many people I know personally, just because you think something doesn't make it true. Just because you think something doesn't make it true. Just because you believe something doesn't make it true. I could believe that the sky is green. Great, doesn't mean it's true, right? Thoughts are just electrical impulses that are going through our brain. Thoughts have no meaning or value unless we actually give them and ascribe them meaning and value. When you understand the power of your thought life, you literally begin to glimpse how important it is to take responsibility for what you're thinking. Eric Kandel, 
He's a Nobel Prize winning neuropsychiatrist for his work on memory. And he actually shows through his research how thoughts and even our imagination can turn certain genes on and off in our DNA, changing the structure of the neurons in our brain. Isn't that amazing? So as we think and imagine, we actually change the structure and function of our brain. It's a bi-directional relationship. By our thinking and choosing, we are redesigning our brain's landscape. And the way that this happens, scientifically, it's called neuroplasticity. This is where mental activity results in structural brain changes. That is the renewing of your mind. We can't control the circumstances that we're in, but we can control our reactions and our outlooks. It's not easy, it's hard work, but this is how we start doing it, through our thoughts and our choices of thinking. I wanna to talk to you guys about automization. Neuroscientific research shows that after a repeated process of thinking about a choice thought for about 42 to 63 days, that new thought moves from conscious levels into non-conscious or what they call metacognitive level. So under beneath our consciousness, subconscious, where it becomes part of our internal perception, our unconscious perception. This is the process of automization. I know that sounds confusing. Let me give you an example. Let's take bike riding. Initially, bike riding is really hard. When you get on, you wobble around, you might fall off a couple of times, you're learning how to pedal while maintaining your balance. But as you practice with determination and conscious thought and a con concentrated sequence of thinking, suddenly one day you're riding perfectly well, right? It appears as though you've mastered the skill of bike riding, but it actually means that that thinking process of how you ride a bike becomes automatic automization. It turns out that whenever you ride your bike, you're actually thinking about it non-consciously, right? So let me explain. All of the focused and dedicated and repeated ways that you're thinking about riding a bike over time become a strong thought network. It creates a thought network in your brain. That's like, this is how you ride a bike. Once it's mastered, because of the repeated and focused practice, it moves from your conscious mind into your unconscious metacognitive level. So, even though you're not consciously aware that you're thinking about how to ride a bike, that thinking process is very much there and it's the guiding force behind your cycling. Each time you got on your bike, this memory still in your unconscious level is guiding your bicycle riding. And when you ride around on your bike, you bring it from your unconscious mind into your conscious mind and you create some new branches as you learn how to like cycle over things or on a new terrain. So when you get off the bike, that cycling network has become enriched from the experience that you've just gone through. It's kind of grown. Automization applies to everything in life because everything you do and say has was first a thought. Nothing happens until your brain gives the directive, right? 
thoughts produce words and actions and so on. So the non-conscious mind is actually filled with thoughts that you've been building up since you were in your mother's womb. And they formed this perceptual base through which you see life. If this non-conscious place in your mind is filled with toxic trash, that's what's going to inform your day-to-day decisions. That's what you're going to operate out of. So you can't sit back and just wish that you had had a happy, healthy thought life. You actually have to make the choice to make that happen. So a lot of this stuff comes from Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a neuroscientist and she does a lot of research on this and it's pretty cool. You should check it out. And the reason why I really believe in this is because I've actually seen the fruit of it in my own life. I went through a really hard period of time in my life when I was in early graduate school. So I think it was the first or second year. Um, And it was a season of great loss for me and great transition. And I was often spiraling into hopelessness and fear, crying on the floor of my bedroom. It was messy. And during that time, because of the things that were happening in my life, it exposed a lot of unhealthy belief systems, thought patterns, and because of what I was going through, they were rampant. There were like all these monsters just rolling around in my mind. I felt like I was at a fork in the road. And so I knew that I could either keep going the way that I was going, and I wouldn't necessarily get out of this and maybe repeat some of the patterns in my life that had brought me to where I was at at that moment. Or I could choose something different. And frankly, I was sick of it. I was sick of it. I couldn't do it anymore. So I would literally write post-it notes of new ways of thinking when I would go down these dark spirals. I would read things, read books, I have faith, I would read the Bible, I would read things that would fill my mind with healthy outlooks. I would write it on post-its and I'd stick it on my walls. When I was on the subway on my way to graduate school, suddenly floods of tears would come. I would open my journal. I would start to fill my thoughts with new things, with hopeful things. Because I knew that if I didn't do that, I was gonna be in a bad place. I rehearsed it enough because I was in a desperate enough state that suddenly things started to shift a little bit. And by the end of graduate school, I was actually able to see a lot of growth in my life. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that this could happen. I was applying to internships, which is basically our psychological doctorate residencies. Um, And I remember going through the process with a sense of peace and trust in that it would work out, where I'd been previously plagued with so much anxiety and so much fear and feeling like the whole world was on my shoulders to make the right decision. And so I remember going through the process and saying, and I remember even a person who was interviewing me commented, they're like, wow, you seem quite relaxed. And I was like, I actually am. It's not the whole story, but it's a big part of it. That's why I'm so passionate about teaching people to do the same for themselves. Would you like me to read your letter? Click on the description of this video to submit your question. I'm going to talk about how to make this a practice in your life. How to create automization for the better. Let's talk about negative automatic thoughts. Negative automatic thoughts are part of that conscious mind 
that gives clues to the core beliefs that lurk in that non-conscious soup, right? It's important to discover what these are because your thoughts, your automatic thoughts that you don't even realize are flitting through your mind, generate feelings. And then because that feeling, you are given an urge to do a behavior, right? For example, I had a patient who really wanted to do stand-up. They were really, really funny. And they really wanted to be a stand-up comedian. They had to, in order to do that, they actually had to go to comedy clubs and do stand-up, right? Scary for anybody, my gosh. But they were constantly avoiding going to these clubs and in a state of paralysis because of all the thoughts that would barrage them when they were getting ready to go, right? They'd be like, oh, this is finally the day that I'm going to do it. And then those negative automatic thoughts came. You're going to suck. You're going to bomb. No one's going to like it. They're all going to laugh you off the stage. As a result, they didn't pursue this purpose, this dream that they had on their heart because of this fear that was getting in the way. And listen, this stuff is real, but if we don't actually take a stand, we're going to operate out of that fear place. And that's really going to affect the course of our life. Psychologist, Dr. Guy, his name is Guy Winch. Um, he has some great TED Talks. And he talks about how fear distorts our perceptions and scrambles our thinking. He calls it a psychological wound. And so we all have a default set of feelings and beliefs that are triggered when we encounter frustrations and setbacks. Are you aware of how your mind reacts to failure, to fear? You need to, because if you don't, you're not gonna try anything new and you're not gonna keep moving after a setback. And then because you do that, you're gonna be even more convinced that you can't succeed. Right? You have to fight those feelings of fear and helplessness to gain control of the situation, fight this emotional cycle before it begins. So some categories of what these automatic thoughts look like. And they're actually in textbooks. You can Google them. They have a bunch of categories. And I find it helpful because it helps me kind of distance myself from them a little bit. So some examples, I'm not going to go through all of them, but some common ones. Catastrophizing. As an example, I'm going to be so upset, I'm not going to be able to function at all. It's going to be so terrible that I'm going to throw up everywhere. Or emotional reasoning. I feel like I'm a failure, so I must be. I feel bad about this, therefore must be bad. All or nothing thinking. Either it has to be completely perfect or it's a complete failure. Mind reading. He's totally judging me about this. He totally is bored at this presentation. And on and on it goes. But this is just to give you certain examples to see, oh, this is something that we all do. And we tend to have ones that operate more than others. And so actually starting to take the time to label some of these negative automatic thoughts. Where does your mind automatically go when you're faced with a situation that could bring you closer to your purpose, bring you closer to the things that you want to achieve in life. Because when you look at your behavior and it's a behavior of avoidance or feeling stuck, that means that there's feelings going on that are generated by thoughts. And so as you start that process of automization, conscious thinking of new thoughts, if you do it enough, 
It takes practice, but if you do it enough, it will move to become part of who you are and you'll naturally operate out of that place more. How do we do this? Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. There are different worksheets, there are different ways. I'm gonna walk through it for you guys who are listening or watching and you wanna you know, quickly jot it down. When a certain situation happens and you notice your mood is getting worse or you find yourself engaging in unhelpful behavior, ask yourself some of these questions. Write down the answers. Writing them down is really helpful. It'll take about a couple of minutes. Then once you answer, so all of these questions might not apply, but I'm going to give you a bunch of them just to see which ones resonate with you. And then as you do this, this exercise, you might notice your mood shift a little bit. You might ho notice hope arise. You might notice that, yeah, I still feel afraid, but as opposed to it being 80%, now it's more like a 60%. And 60% I kind of, I can manage. This isn't about rainbows and sunshine because that's not realistic and that's a whole other host of problems. But if you tend to think towards the negative, how do we bring you to the middle? What's helpful? What will actually help you behave as you wanna behave in the world? So, what is the situation? You might've had thoughts, you might've had a, a painful sensation, an image, flashback, note it down. What am I thinking or imagining? What is the cognitive distortion? That's optional, but it's often helpful to label it to be like, oh, I'm catastrophizing. Oh, I'm fortune telling. What makes me think this thought is true? What's the evidence that it's true? What's the evidence that it might not be completely true? What's another way to look at it? If the worst happens, I'm on stage at the comedy club and they boo me off stage and they post it on Instagram and I'm a laughing stock. Okay, would that suck? Absolutely. What would you do then? Well, I would probably be really upset for a long time, but then maybe I could parlay that into my own comedy special because that would be pretty hilarious as an example. What is the best that could happen? Someone could see me and actually be like, wow, that kid's amazing and end up, I can end up being on SNL. That'd be pretty cool. What will probably happen? I'll probably have some jokes that people laugh at. Probably a lot of them will fall flat. I'll feel really nervous and I'll berate myself for about a day or two, but I'll also be proud that I did it and it'll make it a little bit easier next time. What will happen if I keep telling myself this same thought? I will never do it, right? What could happen if I changed my thinking? What would I tell my family member or my friend if they were in this situation and this happened to her? And lastly, what would be good to do now? Make note of these thoughts, these questions to ask yourself, to start practicing thinking thoughts that are a little bit more helpful and a little bit more realistic and help you push past those barriers of anxiety and fear. 
If you can't take a moment to restructure all of these thoughts, studies show that even a one or two minute distraction can help break that urge to ruminate and worry in highly emotional moments when you have the urge to do so. So even just saying, nope, I'm not gonna engage in this right now, I'm gonna do this instead. Remember, with automation, you go over things over and over again and it strengthens the connections. How do you not keep strengthening those connections that are not gonna be helpful to you? To help you navigate anxiety and become more mindful, I've created a 20-page workbook for you, completely free. You'll find journal prompts, exercises, and a wealth of information on how you can master anxiety and live a better life. Click the link in the description to download. Lastly, we have to get out of the echo chamber of our own minds. We have a tendency as human beings to look for things that validate our point of view. That's why we tend to consume things that validate our points, that validate our thoughts. And, and guess what? It's really unhelpful. If we have all these negative thoughts rolling around in our mind, of course that's what we're going to believe because our mind doesn't know the difference between truth and a thought, right? If you keep thinking a certain thing, that is going to be your reality. So don't stay in your mind. Get out of it. Talk to people who have good perspectives. Read about inspiring people who overcame fear and anxiety, who failed, and yet they even succeeded after this. And I'm going to give you some examples because this really helps me when I'm filled with anxiety and fear and I feel like I'm afraid most of my life. Oprah. I hope you all know who this woman is. Guess what? She was fired from her first TV job as an anchor in Baltimore. So imagine, you get fired from your first job and you're like, oh my gosh, look at her now, right? If she'd allowed that to define her life, we wouldn't have the Oprah that we have today, Harpo Studios and all the things that she's doing. She said this in a Harvard commencement speech, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just like trying, failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. Stephen King, the mega horror novelist, I'm not a big fan of horror novels, but the guy's really successful. His first book, Carrie, got rejected 30 times. 30 times. He threw it in a garbage, his wife fished it out. The next time he applied, it got accepted and look where he is today. But imagine if he'd stopped at the 29th rejection, we wouldn't have him today, right? JK Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter series. Oh my gosh. This is her a few short years after graduation. She says, I had failed on an epic scale. I had an exceptionally short-lived marriage that had imploded. I was jobless. I was a single parent and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. The fears that my parents had had for me and that I had for myself had both come to pass and by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. Imagine if she stayed in those practices of thought that she was a failure, the biggest failure she knew, we wouldn't have what she's created today. And last but not least, I just want to talk about Albert Einstein because, come on, he didn't start speaking until he was four. He also didn't speak fluently until the age of nine. He was expelled from school and he was refused admittance to Zurich Polytechnic School. And so he said, success is failure in progress. And failure really is just success in progress. 
If you'd rather not fail, you probably will never succeed, guys. So, friends, I need to fill my minds with stories like these and so much more because I'm filled with inspiration and hope and I push past this fear of failure when I connect with those. We're so conscious of the food that we feed our bodies, the clothes that we wear, the exercises we do to tone our body the way we want it to look. We need to be just as discerning and disciplined about the stuff that's going on in our brains and the things that we ingest brain-wise because what we think is our reality. Our brain doesn't know the difference. The fact is that the thoughts that we think are a choice. They might be unconscious at first, but as we bring them into consciousness and by our choice of thought, we can actually change our brains and the outlooks we default to. Our default outlooks can hinder us or they can help us thrive. How amazing that we can choose those that make us thrive. It's awesome. And if we choose them enough, they start to become part of who we are and how we think. So take the time and discipline to renew your mind, my friend. I'm saying this as someone who has seen it radically impact her own life. And more than anything, I want the same for you.